Hi, and welcome to a Dad's Path podcast. We're real dads solving everyday problems. Each week we tackle issues that dads everywhere face and deliver actions you can take right away. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and go to adadspath.com to get our free newsletter exclusively for dads. Our goal is to help you make fatherhood count. Dad on. Hello, and welcome to another episode of A Dad's Path Podcast. I'm Will Bronstein. Today, I'm here with Art Eddy from the Art of Fatherhood podcast. In addition to the podcast, Art also co-authored a book, The Life of Dad, that was published by Simon & Schuster. He's been a featured writer, podcast host, and producer, and a host of Facebook live shows on many different platforms. You can find Art at theartoffatherhood.net. And welcome, Art. Hey, Will. Thanks for having me, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming. I'm really uh, I'm excited about this, and uh, it can be fun to interview people who have podcasts because someone like you, you've interviewed a lot of other a lot of other dads about fatherhood, and you know I noticed you've interviewed a lot of sort of like well known or, or famous people, you know, actors, comedians, sports stars, business yeah. businessmen. Um, very cool. So I have to ask, <laughs> <laughs> what do you see in common? you know, from a, a lesser known dad as myself versus someone who um, who's incredibly famous, you know, worldwide, something like that. What similarities and then what what differences have you found just kind of off the off the cuff? First of all, don't call yourself an ordinary dad. Like that's first and foremost. I think every dad and I'm not just saying this. I think every dad, you're a dad podcaster and you know this. Every dad has a story. And I think the biggest thing that you and I are doing and people who are having dad podcasts is just to show that there is this common bond. I felt like a few years ago, maybe like 2015, there was the rise of the dad, like, oh, like dads, they're cool now, right? They're just like us. <laughs> and it's like, okay. And then that kind of faded and it was like, all right, hey, we're, we're still here. But I would say the biggest thing that I hear from everybody, and you probably do too, is just like patience. As you become a dad, as you become a parent, you realize like you need patience. Or it's still a work in progress, right? Like for me, two two daughters, they're in their teenage years, like, you know, 14 and 12. And like, I'm still trying to be patient with them. They're still trying to be patient with me, right? So it's a two-way street. But I think the biggest thing that we all have in common is just that bond of trying to be the best dad you possibly can be. I think you probably screen your guests. I try and do the same. I screen my guests and just try and make sure that they are kind of, no matter who they are, whether they're famous or, you know, they're not in the limelight or whatever the case may be. You just want to bring on good dads who kind of share your same views on fatherhood, right? Not that you can't bring on other people who have different views because not every parent should parent the same way. But I would say the biggest thing, sorry for the long-winded question, but I would just say patience is huge. And then every parent, every dad that I've talked to has different takes and different experiences that has evolved from their past, you know, their parents, or if they didn't have a parent, or if they had another different, you know, father figure, whether it was a grandpa or a teacher, whatever the case may be, everybody sees things differently. And every, and then people who don't have dads or broke, you know, grew up in a broken home, like they try and you can either break the cycle or you just keep the cycle going. And I love those dads who broke, broken the cycle of broken homes or alcoholism or just absentee fathers and said like, I don't want my kids to feel the way that I felt. So uh, I think patience is one, but that that common bond of just trying to be a good dad is is like I think the is the main theme. That's a great answer, you know. And I loved what you just said about breaking, you know, breaking that chain and you know where where our inspiration comes from. You know, I I, I had a great 
childhood. I have a great father. I, you know, and we go to lunch every week still. Nice. Yeah. You know, so I didn't get my inspiration from the negative. I got it from the positive and saying, how do I share this with more people? And, but when I meet people who grew up with, like you said, a broken home without a dad, with a negative influence in their life and, and they come out there and they're striving to be the best. Gosh, that's so inspiring. You know, just, it can come from anywhere, that inspiration. So yeah. Also appreciate what you're doing as a podcaster here as a, as a dad. So thank you. You know, my podcast focuses on first time dads and what advice would you give first time dads? You mentioned patience as as something that's going to be important kind of throughout, (laughs) throughout all our, our fatherhood journey. But you know, you're, you're sitting there in a room with a first time dad. What do you tell them? What are the, the kind of key bits of advice that you think would really be helpful? Great question, especially for your podcast, The Dad's Path. That is perfect because, you know, when you become a dad, that's where you're obviously, <laughs> your, your dad path starts, right? But I, I would say even before then too, like if you're listening to this, you know, I bet you get a lot of emails like me where it's like, find out when you become a dad started looking up dad podcasts and I, you know, stumbled upon yours and all that. And that's great. And you hear that. One of the things I would say, if, if this is before the, the birth of your first child, this is going to sound weird, depending on, you know, if, if you're together, you know, uh, in a, in a relationship where you have, you, you know, you're with your partner and she's the one that, you know, is pregnant, talk to your baby in the womb is in, you know, can sing, you can talk, whatever the case may be. But when you talk, and you're almost like the the baby can hear you. The mom's probably talking the same thing. So the dad and I, and I've I remember doing that for both of my daughters. And you start that connection there, right? You start it right there. And then when the baby comes, it's going to be so many things, man. There's going to be so many like emotions. You'll just get like, you know, the hairs on your body will stand up, and you just you feel like this sense of like duty now. And like, all right, here we go. This is this is my dad path, right? And for me, I was this, I became the stay-at-home dad, um, and I realized that as a guy, you, you know, if you go to mom groups or you go to the playground and all that stuff, you kind of people will give you the side eye. Maybe not as much now, but like let's just say 14, 13, 12 years ago, people were like, "What are you doing here?" Right? And I get that. Like, there's you when you're breaking the norms or whatever, you go grocery shopping, you hear like the oh isn't it great that you're giving your wife a day off? And I'm like, and I just kind of smile and wave. I'm like, yep, that's exactly what I'm doing. But like after a while, when someone sees me there every Friday coming for grocery shopping, like, all right, maybe this guy is doing the grocery shopping with his kids. It's going to be overwhelming at first. And of course people say like, oh, bulk up on your sleep. No, when your child sleeps, you sleep. If it's during the day, take like a 15, maybe a 30 minute nap. If you, if you're not having, you know, having sleepless nights, take a nap when they sleep. But then wake up, you know, you know, if your child sleeps in a different room, have like a little, you know, alarm. So you wake up after 30 minutes, 30 minute power nap is great. And then you can do different things. Like no matter what, like, we, you know, going back, I'm going to take myself I'm 43 years old. But that movie with Michael Keaton, Mr. Mom, right? Like you see him become the stay at home dad. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to do this. Whether you're a, a man or a woman and you're raising a kid for the first time, it's crazy. But once you start getting into a pattern, into a routine, that's like a cheat code in any video game, man. Because all of a sudden you're like, not only like, all right, my baby starts to know that once they have the second bottle towards the end of the night, or, you know, they get the bath, they get the bottle, and it's time for bed. Like find patterns that work for your family. It doesn't have to be exactly what I said, but get in a routine that works for everybody in the family. And during the night, baby wakes up for hunger. You know, he or she's hungry. Change the diaper. You change the diaper, then, you know, you can give the baby back to the mom so she can nurse. But that's another bonding experience and that's something you're doing so you both can battle like the <laughs> the non-sleeping time. So, you know, 
six months, seven months, you know, you'll come out of that being sleep deprived and you'll be fine. <laughs> but I know I kind of threw a lot out at uh, your audience, but that's just something that comes to mind when, you know, when, when you talk to someone who's going to be a dad for the first time. Yeah, no, but you said some really, really good things there. I mean, one thing that really stuck out is both moms and dads are first time doing it for the first time, right? <laughs> at some point. So it's totally makes sense that the dad as a dad, like we don't know what we're doing. You know, moms don't know what they're doing exactly either, but that doesn't mean that we're not empowered. Like we can learn, we can read, we can become dads. Like that's, <laughs> that's why we have this podcast. That's why, you know, our listeners are, are here because they want to become better. But that's the point. So you can learn it, which I think is really important. It's not just, you know, this is a mom's job. We know that. And like you said, you know, once you get into routine, that's really key, you know, and unfortunately, the, the, as your kids grow, it is like a video game where you get the routine, that's the cheat code, and then you have to face a bigger boss and a bigger boss and a bigger boss, right? So, <laughs> you know, different routines yeah. will, you know, have to kind of kind of adjust as well. But that really makes a, a lot of sense. And what, what's the opposite, though? What's the, the flip side of that? You know, as a first time dad, what, what do you wish you did less of? Or, or when you talk to other dads, what, what, what do you see them doing that they should be doing less of? Hmm. There's that transition, depending on how your relationship was before you became a dad, right? Whether you're living together or if you're not living together, whatever the case is, there's going to be, you know this and I know this, once you become a parent, like you become less selfish and it's like the world doesn't revolve around you. Like I, I'm going to go back to when I got out of college and I remember I called my parents so after I got like maybe one of my first checks and I saw like not only the tax, but the medical benefits and all this other stuff. And I just had to get like an oil change. And I was like, whew, life is expensive, right? <laughs> so I called my parents. I was like, hey, thanks for everything. And they're like, huh? And it's just like an impromptu call just saying, hey. And I explained exactly what I just explained to you. You realize that there's a lot of other things that are more important than yourself. So, I mean, if you have time, like you shouldn't lose yourself. Like you shouldn't, like Will, you shouldn't lose Will. The, you know, the individual, I shouldn't lose art, the individual shouldn't lose the time with your partner as well, because you're going to need that. But what I hear is people like, oh, I wish I did this more. I, I wish I was feeding my, my child a little bit more. I wish I was doing a couple more things or being my kid's soccer coach. Like when they're, when they're toddlers, they're like, yeah, like dad's going to be my coach. Sweet. When you be, when they're like middle school, mm -mm, no, I don't, I, I don't need you to I don't, I don't need you to be my coach, dad. I'm sorry. You're good. So like I was a softball coach, t-ball coach, soccer coach, basketball coach, loved all that. I was even like right before the pandemic, I was going to be a volleyball coach. I mean, I know how to play volleyball, but I was just like, I have no idea what I'm doing. But they had like a coach's helper who she was like, a, she played volleyball and like she was a senior in high school and then she was going to like get a scholarship to college. And I'm like, I even said from day one, I was like, everybody, that is your coach. You know, Miss Megan's your coach. I'm just the guy that's going to be helping out with drills and emailing your parents when they come to games. Just throwing that out there. And again, like being a guy and showing that like, hey, I don't have the experience. This person who's younger and is a woman has more than, you know, knowledge than I do. Like she's going to be your coach. I'm just going to be like the guy that sends out emails and gets the orange slices. But like, I, I, I'm sorry for the digression, but like I would say like the biggest thing is hindsight's always 2020. You're always going to be like, I wish I did this more, but having, you know, this podcast that you, that you run will, and like just people should use this as a resource because we're giving you the answers to the tests that we've taken years ago that don't go out of date, right? There's going to be things that I'm like, Oh, what did I wish I'd done? Maybe I wish I would have taken, you know, my kids to a couple more 
play dates or certain things, but like they have good friends now and, you know, they, in school system, they learn stuff. But maybe like when I was younger and I was kind of timid and I saw the side eye, but I, I should have been like more brave and been like, forget it. I don't care. I'm just going to go out there and do it. Right. But I think each parent is going to realize and they're like, oh man, I wish I could have done that. But like I said, our podcast can help out with that. You know, uh, I wish I could have because you're hearing from a bunch of dads. That's a great question, by the way, that, you know, if you listen to your podcast, I'll be like, okay, dad A does this. Will did should have done this. Art should have done that. Past guests said they should have done this. Like just kind of put it all in a parenting Rolodex, right? It's just like, I like that. Or like a, you know, a, a buffet. Like I like what Will said over there about changing diapers. I like what Art said over there about, you know, helping you know with a bottle feed or whatever the case may be and just make it your own. Like the biggest thing is like, we try and keep up with the Joneses. Don't, don't do that. And that was another thing too, because I felt like one of the dads I was talking to was like, like all my neighbors, you know, their kids are into sports. My kids hated sports and I actually hated sports, but I felt that was the thing to do. So just talk to your family. I think as we go further, you'll find out like for me, communication is key with your kids and your family. Um, and just see like the pulse of everybody, what they want to do, because that'll make a lot life a lot sweeter and easier. I like that. Yeah. At some point, your you know little ones turn into little people and, and have <laughs> yep. opinions and and thoughts, and uh, it's important to yeah to make that switch. But I, I liked where you started with the coaching example, how you um, used to coach a lot more. And now your kids are kind of less about that because that's a value that I try and instill in myself and that we talk about on the podcast a lot, which is, you know, at some point your kids aren't going to want to spend as much time with you. You know, when they're young, they're, daddy, we, let's do Legos, let's do a puzzle, let's play a game. And don't take that for granted because that will go away. You know, it, it, it has to. Kids just, you know, at the very least kids get busy and their schedules fill up and they have more social obligations and then there's also the whole teenage thing where, <laughs> um, you know, that can go a lot of directions too. So for me, that's, um, that's been an important learning as well. And, and you articulated it well with that, with that coaching example. Also too, and you, great point there too, in the teenage years, I think, again, if you're a new dad and you're going to be watching the kids' movies and all that other stuff, I think it's Toy Story 2 when Jesse tells Woody about like the whole like why she was you know donated or whatever the case may be and you see the kid like start getting older and the toys like get pushed underneath the bed and then like it's put in a box and says like time flies time seriously flies and like you said like there's going to be things that yeah they're not going to want to play Legos with you anymore they're not going to want to play this board game but then and ask them like what they're into like my daughter and I my oldest and I we write a pop culture website Uh, we write a pop culture article series called dad and daughter pop culture reviews right we just did our favorite stranger things characters and my wife and I especially during the pandemic we wanted to make sure like we have a great relationship with our kids where they can come talk to us and we can do the same and my family is like my biggest priority duh I get that right but like I make it sure that I'm there for them. And I would say to new dads is harness everything that you're doing now as a, as a new dad and keep on doing that. Keep on being communicative to them and like see what's going on in their world and take stock into what they're interested in. It'll go a long way. It'll definitely go a long way because yeah, there's going to be fights. There's going to be things where you don't agree on, but man, like if you are coming from a place where you both understand each other, it's a lot better and you won't have that stereotypical like, oh, my daughter's going through, you know, teenage years. It's like, yeah, okay, we get that. But like, there's a lot of stereotypes that guys hate, right? And we all don't fit under that category. So I would say strive for making sure you're there for them and actually take an interest to what they're doing. 
That that's great. I mean, that's all about keeping the connection, right? Keeping a connection, yeah. and and as you're saying, um, communicating. And I think that's that's huge. When we're teaching our kids, you know, because we're teaching all the time, whether we like it or not, right? Through our modeling, <laughs> through yep. what we do, um, some sometimes what we say, but usually what we do. Have you seen, you know, sort of patterns or things that you've done that have that you're now seeing in your kids on a positive side? You know, something like as simple as saying please or thank you, or just that remind you, or you you think they might have gotten kind of from you and your wife's parenting? Yeah, good question. Like, and that's another great point for new parents to think about the question that you just said, because you might be saying all of these things, but are you doing the things you're telling them to? Like, you know, you might be talking the talk, but are you actually walking that walk, right? And having that question, not one, not every day, but like maybe once a week. And you, and you kind of do that by seeing their actions and how they handle things that how, you know, is similar to like how you would handle something, right? I, I would say that my kids definitely have my idea of like getting things done, like getting the homework done and then having fun. Like I was always like that in high school. I still do like have my, like trying to have them all my ducks in a row. And then it's like, all right, now it's time to have fun. I would say for my wife, she's very detail oriented. And I see that in my, in my kids as well, whether they're making a fun craft, whether they're doing homework, whether they're working on like, they both play piano, but my, my oldest will maybe kind of do a little bit more in my youngest just started in sixth grade she started last year she started doing the playing the saxophone and like you see them you know they definitely got the musical talents from my my wife's side um i i had to do the turntables but that's like <laughs> that's no weird near playing i mean it is an instrument don't get me wrong I, I believe it's an instrument but like playing a saxophone or a piano i think is a little bit harder than me with the turntables just my experience I, I see, you know, the attention to detail from my kids have from my wife and then me just like prioritizing what needs to get done first, you know, work hard and play hard or like, you know, work hard and then you can play after your, your chores or your homework is done. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I like that prioritization. And how did you approach screen time or how do you approach it? Is it do your work and then you can do whatever you want? Is it there's educational screen time and non-educational screen time or, and just for the listeners in the background, there's two video game systems, Mortal Kombat and NBA <laughs> Jam. So we're not, not unbiased. Are there three? There might be three video game systems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are. Uh, I am such a geek at heart. Um, here, here's the thing. Like every age group, it's going to be different. And when you first asked me that question, I immediately thought to my kids at my kids age right now, but I'm like, nope, this is geared toward, you know, making sure like the new time parent. Let me just say every parent is different. Every, you know, talk to your spouse about it first, right? One of the things my wife and I, and again, judging whatever, like, yes, we were judging, even though you shouldn't judge other people. Like I, I go to a restaurant, like, you know, pre-pandemic and like, I see all these families, like with a kid, with a tablet, I'm like, you're spending how much money? You're not really engaging with your, I know, like there's going to be certain meltdowns and you're going to, you know, break glass in case of emergency You give them your phone, like play this game. Sure. But we try, always try to like play tic-tac-toe with them if we're at the restaurant, right? And if they have like the kitty menu or whatever. When we were living in New Jersey at the time, my family was based in New Hampshire and we would drive up. That was like, all right, we have our van. It's got the in, you know, the DVD player because before that, like DVDs were a thing. <laughs> and, and like they would like have, you know, some Teddy Grahams and a, and a solo cup while they'd be, you know, eating and watching, you know, Cinderella for the 15th time on the drive. But like that was it. And then like, there were certain times where we would watch a movie like once a week, you know, like on Friday or something like that with the family, but it was mostly like get outside and play. 
But as they get older, all right, you want to play video games? Sure. All right, you got like an hour of that. All right, cool. But you have to do X, Y, and Z first. But I'd say when they're for us, when they were younger, screen time was just like, let's get out and play first. And then like, you know, after you, this is after the toddler, like right around toddler, after you're done with the bath and right before time, like maybe you can like have like the, you know, you can read a book through your tablet or play like a, a game or something. It doesn't always have to be educational, but I think we limited the video game time versus like the educational screen time, if that makes any sense. But if we were traveling, it's like, all right, you know what's happening? No, yeah. <laughs> you're watching movies for six hours. <laughs> Yeah, all, all bets are off when you're traveling, especially long yeah. car rides. And <laughs> yeah, because we we struggle a little bit with like my second grader has a school computer now. Uh, he had one last year. That's crazy, right? Like, let me ask you this though, too. Like, I think parents now, like, that are new parents and their kids aren't in school yet. Like, I seriously was looking at my youngest school supply list, and I'm like, it's just a PDF. I'm like, this is it. This is all they need. Like that, that can't be. <laughs> and then I realized everything's done like on a Chromebook now, right? Like, and that it's environmentally, I guess maybe if you take away the battery and charge and electricity and all that stuff, but like you're not wasting paper upon paper upon paper, right? But like I just when you said that, like that was just recently something I'm like, that's so weird. They don't need all of the things I used to get when I was a kid, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which which is a little sad. I mean, just in the nostalgia sense, it was fun to like pick out your trapper keeper and your binder and the color of your folders. Especially and, for your kids, like elementary yeah, school, yeah. right? Like you have all that stuff, right? You know, it, it was interesting because a lot of the things on there weren't actually educational and they're just sort of or barely. But at the same time, our, our lives are going to be driven by computers, by electronics in one way or the other, like they already are. So I don't want, you know, my kid on Zoom like that is kind of a deal killer for me. But in terms of like just being on, you know, using his computer as a tool at school, I, I was okay with that. So, but anyway, that's, yeah, I always ask that question because it is a hot button topic. And But I think every family is going to find their sweet spot with it. Like my daughters will be like, hey, do you mind if I type on my computer and write a story? And I'm like, yeah, sure. It's using your imagination instead of writing it out and stuff. And then, you know, we would read their stories and, and like, they're great. Like they still do it today. So I'm like, you can have some creative time because I mean, I'm cool with that. Like you're using your creative side of the brain. Like, okay, maybe you're not writing it down or maybe you're not building with Legos anymore, but you're still being creative and you're still like, and the stories are like my oldest, she just like wrote like a 162 page book. And it was really cool. Like we all read it. We enjoyed it. And I remember we were watching a movie recently and I kind of like, Hey, kind of like your movie. And she like, brightened up she's like oh yeah that's that you're right thanks dad i was like yeah no doubt so like kind of goes back to paying attention to what they're into right but yeah like you said like if there's creative ways of what they're doing with electronics cool or like make stop motion like back in the day when they were you know into legos they'd make stop motion movies with the sets they just built and like as again you can see this and not not your audience but like you can see like the star wars stuff like you see all like the documentaries of like oh i used to make stop motion things with a camera and all of this stuff now it's tablets and, and phones and all that stuff. It's like if you're being creative and you're actually creating something, like, cool, go at it, right? I'd, I'd rather you do that. I might give you two hours instead of one hour because of what you're doing, right? Yeah, no, I totally agree. There's a distinction when you're creating, when you're, you know, being more active versus slumped down in the couch, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, tongue out, watching it, whatever it is, so. I think the one pleasure that you uh, were able to avoid is Coco Melon. Have you heard of that show? It's like this. We got all of it, like, but like every, I feel like every generation's got their certain thing, right? Like, <laughs> I'm positive, yeah, I'm sure. No matter sure. what it is, like, as much as I appreciate Frozen, and I remember my family and I went to Disney for the first time for our daughters, and it was it was in October, the month before Frozen came out, the original one. 
And we went to like, we had, it was our anniversary, my dad's birthday, and we went with family and all that other stuff. And so we had a date night, my wife and I, and everybody else stayed at the apartment, or the hotel room. And we were going around like checking out Epcot. And I remember we went into like, you know, the Scandinavian Norway area. And we're like, what are these? Like, oh, this movie's coming out next month. Watch your your kids are going to love it. I'm like, all right, cool. But like, yeah, like the let it go. Like, let it go. I'm like, okay. <laughs> can we can we let it go? Because we're not. Because it keeps on going on. So <laughs> everyone's got their own thing. Like whether it was that or Peppa Pig or Baby Shark and all that. Like there's always that. And there has to be that song or series that's like drives Bears nuts. No, 100%. <laughs> That's part of our uh, rite of passage, I think. The kid, you know, wanting that one. But do you have like a, do you have a guilty pleasure of like what they watch? You're like, this is kind of funny. Like, I'll give you all your thinking. I'll tell you, like, <laughs> I'll admit it. The Tinkerbell movies, I thought were fantastic. Like some of the humor, like wasn't like adult humor per se, but like there were certain things. And like, I remember my wife came home from work and I was like, well, like, what you watch? Like, oh, you watched that new Tinkerbell movie? Like they had behind the scenes and Vidya's character was hilarious. And my wife's looking at me like, are you okay? I'm like, I guess I mean, need more adult interaction. But yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, no, that's good to know. I, I have not seen the Tinkerbell one. So let's see if we can get my kids into that. And uh, yeah, that's a good question. I, Peppa Pig, honestly, is not a bad one for me. See, yeah. <laughs> it's just that cocoa melon is. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> the way you say cocoa melon, I hear the, I hear the disgust. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's not even my, uh, like me disliking it. It's how it affects my kids, when they watch it, they're in that ultimate slumped over mode, you know, like TV face, unlike any other show. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that you do all these different activities with your kids. And that, that seems to be a, a common theme to build relationship and to build memories together. I'm curious if you have any either family traditions or, you know, father, daughter sort of special days you do or something like, you know, other ways that you've found to help build those memories. Yeah, great question. I think the biggest thing is like my daughters and I will geek out over all like the Star Wars and Marvel Cinematic Universe TV shows and all that. And we might do our own fan fiction and talk about like what we'd like to see next or, you know, have our own like stories, you know, after the fact. Um, my oldest, she had this thing. We had this thing where we wrote for like all four of us would write a story for 10 minutes, right? We had to put a clock on the time, like a timer. And then like when that was up, we would switch, you know, everybody counterclockwise would give the other our story to the other person. We would write it down. Right. So we'd have her five minutes and then we would just kind of like finish the other person's story and we would do it for all of us until we wrote everybody's story. And then we read the story out loud and see like some of it was funny. Some of it was like trying to like kind of go with the theme. But to me, that is a great way because it builds laughter. Uh, we have game, like, you know, we'll play games, whether it's card games or board games, my kids, my wife and I really don't like playing Clue with our daughters because they will like give each other secret codes. And we're like, all right, we're done. We know what you're doing. Like, forget it. Um, you got to fight back. You got to do your own codes. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's, I'd say playing games and just like, you know, we go for hikes together and certain things we talk about, like just talking together is great. Like my wife took my daughter, uh, they went shoe shopping last night after dinner and my oldest and I were just talking about high school and like what I remembered for all that. So just talking, playing games, and just finding activities that we're all into and you're not forcing everybody to do something that you want to do. Yeah, I, that's that's awesome. And big. And I mean, it's obvious, like, don't be selfish all the time about <laughs> the activity. Because <laughs> yeah. it is not about the activity. You know, it's about, uh, obviously, bonding and, and creating those connections, those moments with your kids. So 
Uh, that's right on. The last thing I want to ask you about is getting away from our kids and focusing on ourselves, you know, mental health, physical health, and specifically, I'd be curious what you found that works for support structures in terms of, you know, friends, other dads, are other dads your friends? Uh, you know, do you have lines there? What's kind of worked for you and either you or, or guests that you've spoken to? I'd just be curious. Great question. I think you can kind of agree with me on this where our guests might not be longtime friends or whatever, but like we share that common bond of fatherhood, right? And so like having these conversations with your will, I feel like this is a way to kind of do my own sanity check, see what's going on, right? So our podcast, I think you and I have that where it's like, I do work from home and it's like, don't really have anybody else in the office. Like my wife works from home, but like she'll be on calls or whatever the case may be. And you're like, all right, cool. And like, cool, you know, we have a great relationship. We'll like hang out like, you know, all the time, but like during the work hours for her, like for me, I make my own hours, right? For her, it's the standard nine to five, right? But I would say, like I said earlier, don't lose the individual of yourself because you will just get bogged down. You won't feel like yourself and you just feel like you're losing yourself. So like I know dads that get together and go to like ballparks once a year, you know, they'll go like have a dad trip or whatever, or, you know, I'm in, as we're recording this, you know, football season's coming up and I've been doing a fantasy football league for a while now. I'm actually doing one last year, started up with dads who some dads kind of knew what they were doing. Other dads didn't, but I was like, all right, it's the no risk dad fantasy football league. Right. And so we'll like, we'll be on Facebook talking trash with each other and all that. But I would say like, depending on, you know, your work situation, your family life, like try and do something, even if it's just going for a drive or doing something you like, even if like, you know, you play golf or basketball or, hunting, fishing, whatever the case may be, make sure you have that. And also make sure you have that date night with your spouse, because that's important because you want to show your kids, not only that you're there for them, but it's also healthy to still have you time, right? We always talk about like, Oh, kids think the sun ro- you know, revolves around them, but you want to show like, all right, there is some truth that where you should have some you time. I think however you find that as in a healthy way, do that. And then for you know, being healthy, like I work out Monday through Friday. And then like, you know, Saturday, we might do a hike, or I might do lawn work, or whatever the case may be. And I've been working out Monday through Friday for a while now, since the pandemic, I've been religious about that. I have an elliptical and I have weights. So I've been, you know, instead of going to the gym, like I used to, it was always like, now it's like, all right, I just work out from home and just eating better. Like, and, and this almost sounds like a public, you know, service announcement, but like, Go get your physicals. I rarely would get physicals in my 20s, sometimes in my 30s, and now in my 40s. I'm like, every year, and my doctor's like, maybe you should cut back on the cheese and meats. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> so it's like, eat a little bit better. And, you know, so it's just kind of taking care of yourself so you can be there for your for your family. Yeah, I oh, know. Those, those are, you know, great ideas. I And, you know, you brought up routine again. I think that that's really important, you know, when you're working out saying, hey, this is important to me. I'm going to make sure I do this every day. I'm going to prioritize this or as many days as I can. And I agree. Balance is important. You know, you, you do see people who make their lives, you know, a thousand percent about their kids and their kids think the sun revolves around them, like you said, and that might work for them. You know, I, I we're not here to judge at all, but in general, having a little bit more balance, you know, I find that that after I go out with some friends and talk, just whatever it is in real life, you know, we get a drink or two and I'm, I'm recharged. Then I'm a better dad the next day. You know, like I'm feeling more well-rounded. Same thing when I have a nice date night or whatever it is when I work out, you know, that all is part of who I am and, and part of who I am goes to how I communicate, how I act. And that's what fatherhood is, you know? So 
And I also too, like depending on, you know, I, I know podcasts are worldwide so people can check it out and it's not just saying for the States, but in the States, just with the different dad blogging and vlogging and podcasters and all this stuff, there's a thing called city dads group. And then also the at home dad network, right? They actually are having a convention soon in Phoenix. And there was like a dad convention as well called the dad 2.0 convention. But, you know, depending on where you live, just look up city dads groups and you can find dads who are looking for other dads to maybe hang out and do fun nights. And depending on if it's sponsored or not, you might go to a, like a baseball game or whatever. Right. And they have these, these different groups and you don't always have to hang out. You can just, you know, talk on Facebook or Twitter or whatever the case may be. And that's a great way to find people, if, especially if you moved or, you know, you realize like after a year of being a dad, you're like, what the heck are all my friends? Oh yeah. They wanted me to do this, but I couldn't do it. Right. So your true, I mean, this is going to sound like, you know, I'm talking to kids, but your true friends will stick out there, you know, stick with you because they know like, oh, they just had a kid and all that other stuff. But there's different, you know, programs and groups out there for guys who might have like, moved, like I said, moved to a different area. And you know this, like after like college, it's like, do we really yeah, find yeah. friends? <laughs> no, for sure. It's, but you bring up really good points, which is that they don't come to you. Like you need to be proactive and whenever I'm proactive, not whenever, but 99% of the time, people are receptive, want to hang out, want to, you know, appreciate it. Even if they can't hang out, appreciate it. And then, you know, we'll, we'll reciprocate, but it is about being able to take that action. So. Yeah. And the sweet spot is, is it's like you're in a neighborhood and you found like a family that's got your similar values and the kids are kind of the same age and they play well together. You go on family trips. Like we have, we're lucky to have family like that and we get along. Like we call them family, like friends and family, right? Like you put it together and it's like, those are so great because that's a great support system. They're local and near you, but like not just for a support system, but you get along and like the kids get along and we all love hanging out together. And like, that's another thing where you might not think about, but when you strike up a conversation with a neighbor and get to know them and be like, well, they're, pairing is similar to ours and all of a sudden you, you start bonding with them and you do more stuff with them and it's that's a great way of like everybody getting together the kids are doing their own thing the parents are doing their own thing and it's like ah yeah utopia. yeah, yeah. And, and and that's real i'm here to vouch for that and say when i when i when we were st starting out you know we had newborns and it felt like that was the most foreign thing in the world and now you know after some time i'm finding myself uh you know, it happens because you select your community and who you hang out with and, and you can find that sort of sweet spot. So it, it comes and um, it gets easier. You know, the very first part of, of um, being a dad is it's thrilling, like you said, but also really challenging. So but just being there is is half the name of the game and trying to do your best is the other half and appreciate it. Art, I really um, thank you again for joining us today. You can find all of Art's links on artoffatherhood.net including to his book. And um, yeah, I think this was great. Our, our uh, listeners are really going to enjoy this one. So thank you, uh, Art. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I, I appreciate the invite and I appreciate what you're doing, man. This was, this was a blast. Awesome. Thank you. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. If you haven't joined us yet, go to adadspath.com to get our free newsletter exclusively for dads. And do you know a friend who might like this podcast? Send it on. We want to help as many dads as possible make fatherhood count. Dad on. <laughs>